Welcome to our next episode of the Wet Nose Report. Does your pet have some gray hair looking a little older? Well, don't despair. Give them great care. This episode may be a little longer than some others we've done as we have a, a lot to cover. First, let's define seniorhood. Is my pet a senior? You may have heard one of us veterinary types say the phrase senior at seven, and it's a general concept, a way to help owners understand that dogs age differently than humans. Really, the age at which a dog is considered a senior is about five to eight years for the large breeds and giant breeds, and then eight to 10 years for smaller breed dogs. Basically, a pet is considered a senior when they are in the last 25% of their expected lifespan. So how old is old? We see a fair amount of variability among dog breeds. You could say a seven-year-old Chihuahua is younger than a seven-year-old Great Dane because of the difference in longevity. My mantra regarding pets goes something like this. Age is not a disease. What it means is don't count your pet out just because they're old. Yes, it's absolutely true that with increasing age comes health concerns, nutritional considerations, and possibly cognitive changes. So even if advanced therapies aren't right for you or your pet, sometimes simple little things can make a big difference. Do preventative care. Attempt to diagnose problems early. Give them some real dignity. You know, they deserve it for all the love that they give us. I'll try to get some age charts posted on the Facebook page, but to give you some idea of like a human pet equivalent ages, a 20 to 50 pound dog at 11 years old is about a 68 year old human, while a 10 pound dog at 11 years old is a little younger, maybe 60, and a 100 pound dog at 11 years old is more like mid 80s. For cats, 11 years is probably about 60 human years. Let's talk about some of the most common problems that we find in senior pets. I'm going to kind of run through a list. We'll do dogs first. So in dogs, the most common ailments include arthritis, a.k.a. osteoarthritis, a.k.a. degenerative joint disease, dental disease, which we've talked about in another episode, cardiac changes, endocrine diseases, so diabetes, hypothyroidism, Cushing's disease, unfortunately cancer, cognitive disorders as well. So many of the same problems that I've just listed affect senior cats, but kidney disease does jump to the top of the list uh, for cats. And then the other senior kitty diseases, dental disease, cardiac disease, endocrine, cancer, a little more commonly, we see inflammatory bowel disease, arthritis, which is often more subtle than it is in dogs, so it's harder for owners to recognize, and uh, cognitive disorders. To keep your p- senior pet feeling as good as they can, follow some of these simple tips that I'm going to give you. Twice yearly exams are best. Keep in mind that a year for them is a much bigger time gap than a year for us. Keep vaccines current. Some vaccines will still need to be boosted yearly because they just don't last that long. Lyme, lepto, kennel cough, the dog flu, feline leukemia. But some can be extended to every three years if you haven't done that already. Have blood and urine tests done at least yearly. 
early detection and monitoring absolutely is the key to success. Remember that your pets can't tell you or call their doctor themselves if they're starting to feel cruddy. Pets with ongoing diseases may need recheck lab work as frequently as like every three to six months, depending on what's going on with them. Sometimes radiographs are recommended or ultrasound exams. Brush your pet frequently. Keep their nails trimmed. Water, water, water. Uh, Keep it fresh. Monitor the quality. Consider multiple water bowls, especially if you have a multi-level home. We want them to have access to fresh water all the time, and it's really important to watch how much water they are drinking. Your senior pet may need some diet changes. We'll come back to this a little bit later on. And then housing rules. Of course, indoor is generally better, especially if, you know, inclement weather is expected. Just like those cold blue or heat heat strokes alerts for humans, if it's really cold or really hot outside, your older animal probably can't be out there as long as they would have been okay with, say, you know, two or three years ago. Even if you've got a dog who loves to be outside, um, keep an eye on the weather. It can affect them more significantly. Weight matters. So monitor for losses, monitor for gains. And then also look at your bedding choices, quiet areas, comfortable beds that are easy to get in and out of, and avoiding disturbances from other pets or young family members. All important things to think of. So we recommend twice yearly exams as part of the preventative care plan. What issues should prompt a phone call to your vet in between those visits? So here's a list. Sustained increase in water consumption. Normal water intake should be less than uh, 100 mLs per kilogram of weight per day. Sustained increase in urination. Weight loss. Decrease in appetite or failure to eat for more than two days. Increase in appetite. Vomiting. Diarrhea for more than, you know, a couple of days. Difficulty in passing stool or urine. For dogs, sudden loss of normal house training. And for cats, urination or bowel movements out of the box when they had previously always been going in the box. Lameness greater than three days, lameness greater than one leg. Cats, it might be more subtle. It might just be a reduction in jumping. Big changes in vision, especially if it's a sudden change that you notice. Masses, anything that's growing quickly, ulcerated, new, bigger than a centimeter, it at least should be checked out. Doesn't necessarily mean it's anything awful, but it should be checked out. Foul odor to the mouth or other parts of the body. Definitely if there's distension of the belly, lethargy, persistent coughing or gagging or excessive panting, those are all important as well. Uh, And sudden collapse or bouts of weakness, seizures, sometimes those you shouldn't even wait till the next open appointment, you should get to an ER. Uh, so as I just said, so obviously some of these things can wait a couple days for an appointment if your vet's schedule is full, um, you know, for it, or if it happens on a Sunday or a holiday. But if you're witnessing some of these more dramatic changes, don't hesitate to get to the nearest pet ER or urgent care. These doctors are ready and willing to help, and they're going to send a report to your regular vet to update them on the case, and so everything you know can be followed up on. 
Let's move on to talk about feeding the senior pet. Uh, we're going to just kind of cover the basics. We'll have more details in our episode, uh, or it may end up being a couple of episodes called Let's Talk Turkey, which will be all about nutrition. First, there are big difference in nutritional needs between dogs and cats. Dogs of different ages require a different nutrient profile. Those with existing diseases will have even more specific needs. So what is a nutrient profile? It's the specific unique combination of fats, carbs, proteins, vitamins, minerals. While senior diets uh, are more correctly geared toward these aging pets, there's no specific legal requirements on calling something a senior diet. So nutrients found in these diets can vary widely among brands. Let's talk dogs first. Most senior dogs need a decrease in calories of about 20 to 30%, partially because they're less active. Extremely old elderly pets may actually need more calories. Most feeding guides on the pet food bags probably overestimate what your pet needs. It, honestly, it all depends on activity level. It's important to do regular weigh-ins. So if you can weigh them at home, that's great. Or give your vet office a call, say, hey, can I bring over... Ralph for a weigh-in this week. I just want to see, I can't tell if he's, he's staying the same weight. No problem. They'll be happy to, to figure out a time for you to get in there. So snacks. Yeah, well, we all love snacks. Remember that most treats are kind of like human junk food. Just don't overdo it. And chances are what you think is okay is probably too much, but talk to your veterinary team. So some of the water-based veggies like green beans make great snacks. Uh, some dogs will actually do, you know, lettuce or cauliflower or broccoli. Uh, but I do find that green beans tend to be a, a, a more popular one. If your pet is less active, but still getting the same calories they used to get, they will get heavy. And obesity is a really big problem in, in older pets. Pet owners often want to give their pet whatever they want as they get older, and they just, they just want them to be happy. And while it all comes from love, it's a bad habit to get into. We know that you don't mean to, but overfeeding your pet will actually cause them extra pain. If they've got arthritic joints, it's carrying that extra weight hurts. I mean, if I lose weight, my joints feel better. And it just causes more stress on the body overall because that excess waste, weight can also cause just generalized inflammation. So hug them, rub their belly instead of giving them those extra calories. It's a better way to show your love and keep them with you longer. Water is absolutely the most important nutrient at all ages. So how can you increase your senior pet's water intake? One, Get them on canned food, either partially along with some dry or by itself. You can try adding ice cubes to the water bowl. Having multiple bowls available, especially in multi-level homes, because if they're achy, if they don't feel good, if they don't have as much energy as they used to, they may not get up and go to the bowl until they're really, really thirsty. So make it accessible to them. Clean the water bowl frequently. Nobody likes dog slobber in their bowl, not even really the dog. <laughs> Consider multiple smaller meals. And while an increase in protein levels in the food may be necessary to keep, maintain proper muscle strength, too much can be concerning if we've got uh, kidney patients. So just talk to your veterinarian about what may be right for your pet. 
Also, if they're kidney patients, we tend to want less phosphorus. Uh, and as they age, a lot of times less sodium is also a good focal point. When it comes to feeding the senior cat, most of the same rules apply as their canine counterparts. Water, water, water. Cats are generally poor water drinkers. And then aging interferes with the cat's sensitivity to thirst, so it gets worse, predisposing them to dehydration. To help your cat drink well, use kitty fountains. There's a bazillion different kinds out there. Find what they like. Clean the bowls and the fountains frequently. And as I've said already, multiple bowls, especially if it's a multi-level house. If you have a healthy cat, we generally prefer higher protein, low carbs for our feline friends. But if the cat is a renal patient, then we might want to alter that protein level, look at a specific kidney diet. Avoid excess phosphorus and sodium. Again, generally decreasing calories by 20 to 30% is appropriate. Although some geriatrics or what I call super seniors might actually need some more calories uh, to maintain muscle mass. Again, smaller, more frequent meals can be helpful. So that's kind of the, the quick and dirty scoop on senior pet nutrition. Now let's tackle a common aging problem, cognitive disease. Have you ever seen your pet wander into a room and just stare? Maybe they're thinking, now where the heck did I put my bone? Ah, senior pet cognitive dysfunction. So I'm often asked, do pets get Alzheimer's disease? Well, sort of. We do see similar brain changes and lesions to the human disease. There's an increase in the neurotoxic uh, protein beta amyloid, more damage from toxic free radicals, loss of neurons, alterations in neurotransmitters like dopamine. All of these occur in senior pets as they do in humans. So what does it look like in pets? Well, you know, medical folks love to make acronyms. And of course, we have one here too, uh, DISHA which is D, disorientation, I, interactions, S, sleep-wake cycles, H, house soiling, and then A is activity, anxiety, adaptability. So let's kind of break those all down. Disorientation, getting lost in familiar areas, not recognizing family members or family friends, going to the wrong side of the door when you're ready to go out. Interactions, Changes in the interactions between your pet and you or other pets in the household. So they may be more uh, Velcro-like or the opposite. They may be more standoffish, uh, distant, disinterested. And they may be more irritable for basic things like petting and brushing. Sleep-wake cycle changes. So they will probably sleep more than during the day. They're awake more at night, or it may just not have a real consistent pattern and just be irregular. House soiling. Urination or bowel movements in the house absolutely are part of this. Um, or forgetting to tell you they have to go. Activity levels. Uh, most of the time, it's an overall decrease in activity. Decrease in play is what you expect. But some pets actually become more active, like restless. They can't settle. They wander aimlessly. They're licking or doing other repetitive behaviors. Anxiety. 
uh, increase in anxiety agitation, so sometimes vocalizing more. They have new fears or new phobias that they didn't have before, or like I was talking about, that Velcro effect where they're really stuck to you. And then learning and memory. Studies have shown that learning is inhibited and memory declines with pets as they age. And this makes them less adaptable to changes in your schedule, home changes, etc. So do any of those things sound like one of your furry friends? Well, it's really sad and it's sometimes really scary when your best friend starts kind of fading mentally. And I wish I could tell you that we had a ton of great drugs to treat cognitive disease, but we don't. We have some therapies that help improve the signs and slow the progression, but there isn't a magic bullet that we know of. So Anapril, which is selegiline, it's the only drug actually licensed for treatment of cognitive disorder, and it's an MAOB inhibitor. So it may enhance neurotransmitter function, like noradrenaline or dopamine. Uh, It can decrease that free radical damage uh, and act as kind of a neuroprotectant. There are some new therapeutic diets enhanced with antioxidants, vitamins, etc. Purina has one called Neuro, which I've actually recently started my old dog on just uh, just to see if we can make a difference for him because he has some minor cognitive stuff, not not too bad yet. Um, Hills has one called BD. Um, and then there's some other supplements that may help. There's a lot of ongoing research. We think SAMe, which is S-adenosylmethionine. Uh, there's several good brands, Denimarin, Zentanil. Uh, that's a Uh, supplement that we also use for liver function. So sometimes it helps with two different problems in our aging pets. Senilla Life is a combination of several different ingredients, uh, vitamin E, B6, ginkgo biloba, a couple others in there. Uh, And then there's a product derived from jellyfish called Nutrix. I don't have any personal experience with this one, but some veterinary colleagues out there do. And then there's also some research into drugs that increase blood circulation, and that's ongoing. So I'm a big fan of that old use it or lose it enrichment at home. Like, I honestly believe this is the reason my 99-year-old grandfather was still so sharp at his age. You want to keep your pet engaged mentally and physically because they do better. Supportive care is key, and it really can influence the quality of the life, both for the pet and for their humans. Let's kind of run through the list of senior pet products and tips and tricks. So if they're having some issues with um, incontinence or just accidents in the house, sometimes diapers or belly bands can help control the mess. Um, and keep the house cleaner, which will help your sanity, and and then keep them cleaner. Uh, think about an indoor potty patch or pad for dogs. For cats, absolutely consider adding another litter box. Change them more frequently. Make sure the sides aren't too high that they can't get in and out of them. Make sure you've got one on each floor if the cat is going up and down the stairs. In relationship to stairs, put treads on the stairs so they're not so slick, especially if they're wood. Using uh, ramps, you can either 
you know, build your own, get somebody to build one for you or buy one. Look at installing better lighting on stairs and hallways because sometimes that can be a factor if their vision is starting to go. The Help em Up harness is honestly one of the best designs I've seen for dogs in a long time with mobility issues. Uh, it's, it's well designed, it's well padded, uh, very, very good product. And I think that it's, it's kept some dogs in their homes longer than they would have been otherwise. So I think that's something to check out. Also, there's Dr. Busby's Toe Grips for dogs which um, help prevent slipping on like slick floor types. And then talk to your vet about pain management medications, anti-anxiety medications if need be. You know, we can't turn back the clock, but there's so much that we can do just to try and make their quality of life as good as possible for as long as possible. I hope this episode helped answer some of your questions about older pets. If you have room in your home for an older pet and would like to support those who rescue older dogs, check out places like the Gray Muzzle Organization. Uh, And there's plenty of others out there, but that's just one that kind of focuses on rescuing older dogs. Thank you so much for listening. That's all for the Wet Nose Report, and we'll see you next time. 